Welcome to the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health, and our mission is simple, to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Your host is writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, and this season of Overcoming Monday is brought to you by Mission Grill. It is literally my favorite new restaurant in Anderson, South Carolina on Highway 81. It is incredible. Think Mexican street tacos, fresh, organic, and delicious. I go there at least three times a week. This season is also brought to you by The Clever People. For all of your real estate needs in the upstate of South Carolina, if you're looking for a new home, if you want to buy some property, if you need a place to rent, or if you just want to look at all the available properties and dream about what it would be to live in Anderson, The Clever People. They are your people for your real estate needs. Okay, let's get started on this podcast with your host and my wife, Shari King. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. I am so excited for the guests that you guys are going to get to hear from today. Their names are Jason and Lakin Cheesegel, and they are missionaries to Papua New Guinea. Today, they talk with us about some amazing stories that you are absolutely not going to believe, but their top three questions that I ask are, tell me your top crazy story. Tell me the top person who has helped you or influenced you where you are on the mission field. And also, give me one of your top life lessons that we can learn from you today. So, you guys are going to want to put on your seatbelts and strap up for this amazing episode with Jason and Lakin Cheesegel. To begin the program, would you guys just start with introducing yourselves to the audience and just kind of telling them a little bit about yourself so that, because I've never had you guys on before, so I'd like for them to get to know you and tell them a little bit about who you are, your family, and what you guys um, do. <laughs> Um, so my name is Lakin and my husband Jason and I are here right now. Um, our last name is pronounced cheese gel. It's kind of crazy. You would never ever get it from the spelling. So don't just, we'll send it to you later what it sounds, what it looks like in writing. But we have been married for 10 years. We just had our 10 year anniversary and we have three babies. Um, Thatcher is six and Copeland is five, so two boys, and then we just had a little baby girl a couple of months ago, and her name is Isley. So the five of us, we live and work in a small tribe of, it's called Wabaku, and it's in Papua New Guinea. And so um, what we do is we are tribal church planners, and our goal, our vision is to plant a mature church in our small village of Wabaku. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. add anything to that? No, that's it. That's what we, <laughs> who we are and what we do. Yeah, yeah and I was um, actually looking over your Instagram, and I learned that when you guys first came there, there had been so many people that had come in and out that they were a little hesitant to really invest in what you guys were doing at first. Um, has that changed? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It really has. So we, yeah, when we first, we moved in, we moved to Papua New Guinea in 2015. And then we moved into our village of Wabaku in 2017. And when we first got there, uh, yeah, it was just, they were just really hesitant to accept us. We were outsiders. And it re- it was through a lot of time 
and a lot of just being there with them, doing what they're doing, doing life on life with them, that we slowly, very slowly, began to earn their trust. Um, and so now we have strong relationships with people there in Wabaku, and they're our friends, and we can joke around with them, and yeah, it's changed a lot since that first time we stepped on, on our yeah, riverbank. Yeah, for a village who lives so isolated in the jungle, anytime there's an outsider, you're naturally going to be suspicious, especially an outsider with a different color skin that they've never even seen before. Mm -hmm. um, it is. It is the time, the time spent together and our efforts learning language and trying to understand them and their culture. Uh, the, all the, the silly mistakes we make and all the ways we like make fools of ourselves and the way... I can't shoot an arrow straight and they can't like it gives them an opportunity to laugh at us mm -hmm. and to see us as real people and we just we have memories together and I don't know we play jokes on each other and the, the friendships have gone a long way for breaking those barriers down of who are these guys why are they here what do they really want kind of thing mm -hmm. mm, I like that my boys when I used to homeschool we read a book called uh, search for in search for the source and so it was about a man. Have you read that? A long time ago, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, it was just about him going into this village and trying to figure out the language of the tribe in order to translate the Bible. And it was just so interesting to hear all of the different um, obstacles that they came through with trying to find out the word, what word would replace this? And can they even understand this verse? And how can we help them to understand what's going on in the Bible? But you have to learn the language first. Yeah, one of the biggest challenges there is that a lot of the biblical concepts, they don't have words for. They don't, our tribe doesn't have a word for love. Or like, how do, you, how do you translate those concepts into a culture or a language that has never had that before? They've never needed a word for love before. So that's some of the challenges ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, where we're at right now. So we have moved into Wabaku, our family, and we are still in the language and the culture learning phase. So we are still students of our people, and every day it's just going out and building relationships and learning language and learning culture and then doing it again and again and again. Um, so we haven't even begun to start teaching yet, or uh, we haven't even talked about um, the gospel really at all. Wow, that's amazing. I I don't know. It's it's so fun. If you if you want to follow Jason and Lakin on Instagram, it's so interesting. You guys have such an interesting feed where there's so many things that I think us as Americans we're not going to think that this still happens in the world or that people still live like this. And so, um I know that you guys it was a learning process in the beginning, but you probably kind of feel like home a little bit there now. Right, yeah. Oh man, it is, it's so different. To get to our village of Wabaku, you take, it's an hour flight to this little grass airstrip. You're on a teeny tiny plane. And then we take a two to three hour canoe ride up to our village of Wabaku. That's the only way we go in and out, the plane ride and the canoe ride. And so just that alone, when we first got on that grass strip and then the plane left, I just remember thinking, what on earth are we doing? Like, <laughs> and then we go up the canoe and we go to our village of Wabaku. But man, it is, it's, it's just so different culturally. Uh, the, the way that they, even the way they joke, the way that they treat each other. Um, there have been so many uh, difficult things, but also paired with a lot of joy and a lot of good things out there. 
Yeah. So with that in mind, um, this season of the podcast is um, I'm doing top three. So I'm wanting to do something a little lighthearted and fun because our culture's in such a, I think, stressed state. And so I thought it would be great to just hear from you guys. And so the first thing, like we're doing the top three. So the first top thing that I think would really be really fun to talk about and to hear about is you guys' top crazy story. So I know that there's probably a lot, um, but if you can think of maybe one experience which you never imagined would happen, um, does it feel normal now? Or does it still feel kind of out of the ordinary? Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of hard to narrow one story <laughs> down of weird things because, yeah, a lot of it does become normal. I'll, I'll share, I'll try to be brief, but there's, we did have one run-in with the witch doctors downriver from our tribe. They tried to, uh, they tried to run us out of our village and they, they made enemies of themselves and I'll, I'll kind of, I'll talk through that. But yeah, it's when you're in Wabaku, you're living there. No, talking about witch doctors is normal, but when you're here and you say that word, everybody kind of looks at looks at you out of the corner of their eye, like what? We don't know. We don't know what that is. So, yeah. we'd been in Wabaku for uh, I think a year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're like fifty percent done away with the language at that point, and um, we had in a little context too. Our, our Wabaku people are animistic, which means they believe everything in their world is controlled by invisible spirits. If you offend the spirits with taboos, then bad things happen. Your kids get sick. Uh, you go fishing and don't catch anything. You go hunting and you never see a pig. Um, if that happens, if bad things happen, it's because you offended the spirits. And so that's the way, that's the, the grid by which our people view the world. And so one night, uh, we had some witch doctors come to, to my door. They knocked on the door and they said, hey, we need to talk to you. It was like a just a moonless, pitch black night out there. It was cloud cover, not even a star. So they were waiting for a night like this to come talk to me. So I knew something was gonna. It was gonna be an interesting night already. I walked down uh, onto the ground, and we kind of had this little private meeting. And there's three witch doctors, and they said, uh, and "This I'll say it, and I have to repeat it because it didn't make any sense to me either the first time." But they said, "We know that uh, you 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 missionaries, you get your food from the city of the dead." So this is what we're gonna do. If you guys don't pay us the equivalent, it was like $5,000 in their currency. If you guys don't pay us $5,000, we're gonna use our witchcraft and we're gonna lock that spirit door that you use to get to the city of the dead to get all your flour and eggs and whatever supplies you bring in. But if you pay us $5,000, then we'll leave that spirit door open. You can sneak out to the city of the dead and get your supplies and we'll leave you alone. So yeah, that was uh, it was a bit bizarre hearing that for the first time. I said, yeah. "Sorry, tell me again. Where do I get my supplies?" Because <laughs> a lot of these guys have actually gone down river with us. They've seen the plane land. They've seen our supplies come on the plane. We load them in the canoe. We get we we bring them back up river. We do that like once every couple months. Mm-hmm. So I thought they understood where our supplies come from, but to them they're just boxes that show up. And I don't know. They didn't. They didn't. Obviously, they didn't understand. So they told me that that night I had to go. We work with another family in Wabaku. I ran over to his house and I said, hey, Clint, um, like we've been in missionary training for four years, but I must have missed the day where we talked about like how to deal with extortion from witch doctors. Like, I don't know what to say to these guys. Is that a good price? Are they overcharging me? Like, what's the going rate for keeping secret spirit doors open? 
So anyway, we talked about it. We decided on a response and we came back, Clint and I, my, my coworker, and we told these witch doctors the next morning, uh, we said, listen, the reason we're here in Wabaku is because the creator has sent us to tell you his story. And God's story is so important that you'll find that you don't have to be afraid of the spirits any longer. God is more powerful than the spirits. So we, so we said, you know what? We're not, gonna, we're not gonna pay you any money. We're not afraid of you using witchcraft against us. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and use your witchcraft. We're gonna trust that if the creator God who sent us here wants us to stay here and tell you this story, then he's gonna, he's gonna overpower your witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So we said, go ahead. So they didn't like that answer at all. They did a little, a little deep, like the caucus meeting, this, this, the three of them, and they came back and they had a new plan. They said, all right, well, we decided, we've heard you. We decided we're not gonna charge you 5,000. We'll charge you $3,000 for, for leaving the secret <laughs> spirit door open. We said, listen, guys, you're not understanding us. Our creator God is so much more powerful than the spirits that it doesn't matter what you do. If God wants us to stay here, he's gonna keep us here. And they didn't, they got upset. They didn't like that. The meeting ended. Usually in PNG, when you finish a meeting, you always shake hands, no matter how it goes. These guys didn't shake our hands. They were angry. They left. They said, fine, if that's, if that's what you guys think, then you're not going to bow to our power. Um, then we're going to, like, we're going to tell everybody in the village that you're not, you're not listening. You're going to, you want to offend the spirits. They're just trying to poison us, uh, poison the people against us. Mm-hmm. So they, that's what they did. They traveled around the village and they, they said, oh, the, the missionaries aren't, aren't listening to us, so we're going to drive them out. They're going to get everybody's like, kids sick because they're going to offend the spirits. They did that for about a week or so. They also sent this like, group of like, mean dudes from downriver to just follow us everywhere we went. Every time I left our house, I had this like, posse of uh, like, enemies following me. They would like, sit underneath our windows and listen to all our conversations and... Mm-hmm. Uh, they knew when we were home, and it was just, it was pretty stressful. Um, but at this time, we were working with our coworkers and, and leaning on some good advice from home, and we just, uh, we saw the Lord slowly turn this situation around for us. And, and long story sh- short-ish, um, we, we told them, we went around the village, and we, we explained the whole story. We said, no, we're not trying to offend the spirits. What we're trying to do is show them that God's power, the creator's power is more powerful than witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And we explained how they tried to ask for money for us and our whole village of Wabaku said, they can't talk to you like that. And so they, they got upset with the witch doctors. They drove the witch doctors out of our village mm-hmm. and they, they had our backs basically. And it was awesome to see the Lord do that for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, even more than that, they, uh, one of these three witch doctors came back a month or so later. His name's Karuba. And he said, uh, he came to my door and he said, hey, I want to teach you. I want to help you learn our language. I said, why? I thought you hated us. thought you wanted us out of here. And he said, well, he said, uh, we tried. He said, I don't know if you remember this, but about a month ago, I was like, yeah, I remember. He said, we tried to get you, we tried to drive you out of here. He said, but we used our witchcraft. We tried to lock that spirit door and you guys are still here. We couldn't do it. So if I help you learn this language, we can hear the creator's talk. We can hear the creator's story. This, this creator who's more powerful than the spirits. So that was, that was our craziest. Uh, yeah. That's the first and since, well, it's not the last time we'll interact with witch doctors. That was our first one. Yeah. We're going to take a little bit of a break because I want to tell you guys about something really exciting that Clayton King Ministries is currently creating. We are creating our very first Crossroads Hometowns Retreat Bundle. In summer of 2020, our ministry developed an online camp resource for churches 
everywhere. And we had over 17,000 participants say it was a complete success. So now student ministries and Bible studies are moving into the fall and they're requesting similar resources for retreats. So we are creating the Crossroads Hometown Retreats just for you. We understand that planning a weekend retreat for a student ministry is hard work. If you've ever volunteered or staffed a student event, you know how big of a beast it really can be. So we have some good news for you. In our Crossroads Hometown Retreats Bundle, you'll receive these things. Four recorded teachings from Clayton King, Shari King, and our friend Brian Good. Three workshops. Two morning devotionals from Josh Gardner. An activities video guide. A worship leader coaching video with a full set list. Digital student and leader guides. A t-shirt design. Media packages and more. Basically, everything you'll need to make the programming side of your student retreat a breeze so you can focus on doing ministry. We'll be dropping 2020's Crossroads Hometowns Retreat Bundle in September of 2020, and you can be among the first to receive updates at this website address. Are you ready? CrossroadsSummerCamp.com forward slash hometowns dash retreats. Again, that's crossroadsummercamp.com forward slash hometowns dash retreats. Your ministry's next student event just got a lot easier. Now let's get back to the show. Wow, that's amazing. I know um, it reminds me and it makes me think a lot of, I think when people read the Old Testament, it just feels like so far removed from our culture that it doesn't seem real, you know? Um, but a lot of the way that they thought when the Old Testament was being written is this is very similar to what you guys are experiencing now. And so when you hear things like, uh, we'll pray to our God, or like the whole, um, the thing between with Baal, with Elijah, you know, all of those things are very were very relevant for those cultures because they thought in very similar ways as the people that you guys are ministering to. So we read them and we think, this is so strange. Like, how can people think this way? And why does God have to compete with all these other gods, you know? But, and, you know, and so it it's very relevant. The Old Testament, I bet, feels very um, relevant in a way to to how you're living. It, that's true. exactly what it felt like is mm-hmm. the, that power struggle on with prophets of Baal is we just said, all right, God, like we teed it up for you. Like, please, please do something for us here because mm-hmm. otherwise we're in trouble. Yeah. Cool. Well, in line of that, the next top that I wanted to talk about is maybe the top person. So who is the one person that you feel like you've met on the mission field that's changed your life or helped change your perspective and all the things that you're learning? Yeah, I'll take this one. So I feel like I'm going to have like a little workaround answer to your question. I don't, I feel like I can't, it's just so hard for me to narrow it down to one person. <laughs> so my answer to the, that question, the top person, it's more like top people. And it's, I know it's not what you asked for, but it's top people. And really for me, it's the community of ladies that I have found overseas in Papua New Guinea. Every single one of these missionary 
these missionary ladies, the wives, the single ladies, the mamas, all being faithful with what the Lord has given them. Um, and for them, it's living in Papua New Guinea. And daily, they're faithful to the task of that he has placed before them, whether that is learning language or just cooking meals or taking care of their kids or homeschooling. I have the privilege to work with some of just the, the greatest people on earth. And it's so fun and it's encouraging and it's, uh, it's sharpening and edifying. And so it's, it's all of them. So the top people <laughs> over there that have changed my perspective on <laughs> life is just all of those missionary ladies who are, yeah, normal people, just so normal, but just obeying the scriptures and doing what God has called them to do in Papua New Guinea. So yeah, it's fun. This, it's fun to see the way that every, every year we go out to a town for a conference and we get to meet mm-hmm. with all the missionaries in Papua New Guinea from our mission. And it's fun to see the ladies encourage each other. Um, often there's a lot of heartache, a lot of disappointment, um, a lot of just you're so isolated that you you don't get to sharpen each other very often and so when you when you get to I think it means a whole lot more so the way that they always encourage each other in successes and failures Mm -hmm. um, and just pull each other along no one's left behind no one I don't know it's just it is a it's a community that's has to be built in these like once a year meetings Mm -hmm. but they just have this sisterhood that it's like I don't know if I've ever seen it anywhere else it is amazing to watch Mm -hmm. That is amazing. I think that um, I think female friendships are hard anyway, and I wish that we could definitely value how much if we really felt like we needed each other, um, then I think that we would put more emphasis and value on the relationships that we have with other people. But I think that that's maybe one struggle that we have in the U.S. that we don't maybe think we need other people quite enough. And you guys are in a place where you need people. And so maybe it's a little bit easier to say, you know what, all the things that we might disagree in, those things don't really matter as much. Let's talk about some of the things that we can encourage each other with, you know? Right, for sure. Yep. All right, so um, the very last one is um, the top life lesson that you guys have had. And so maybe some of these things all flow together, but I I was trying to just think of the things that I would want to ask you if we were just, you know, hanging out or other people would ask you. So what life lesson have you learned in the mission field that's been worth all the sacrifice that you guys have had to make? Yeah. Oh, you want to take that first? Yeah, I I can go first. I think mine, and then you can, uh, mine ties back to top person top life lesson I for me has been oh man um it's just been so kind of like what you were saying I think in order to foster that community of um that sisterhood that where those ladies are that my top people you have to well one you have to know yourself and you have to know your what you're after the kind of goals you have in life And then two, you have to be vulnerable in that. So I think my biggest life lesson has been in being vulnerable and vulnerability um, with those friendships because when you're, when you're, when we're overseas, yeah, isolation um, is a huge challenge. There are just, there are a lot of challenges to living in a foreign country and trying to raise our children over there and um, homeschooling and just lots of different challenges. And if I can't be vulnerable with my failures 
and my joys with the people that I'm doing this with, then um, it's just not going to work. And so I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned is just how can I be vulnerable? How can I let people know the deepest parts of me in order for them to love me so that they can encourage me and sharpen me in that way? So that's my vulnerability, I think has been my biggest life lesson, knowing yourself and then knowing how to communicate that well. Yeah, I like that. I think I'll continue on that theme. I think what I've learned from being in Wabaku is that the ability to be vulnerable, to be transparent with people like that is a, a privilege mm-hmm. that we didn't I, didn't, I would never have called it that or seen it that way, but we live in a village with uh, tribal people and I can't be transparent with them first because we haven't shared the gospel yet. And so there's not believers. There's not a church there that we can, I can lean on and share like what I'm doing or how I'm growing or what I'm struggling with. The extent of like being transparent with them was uh, we like I, we go hunting for a pig and it comes after us to attack us. I climb a tree and I say, oh, I was scared. And they say, haha, yeah, you were scared. Like that's about as deep as you can go with, I don't know, it's because of the language and the culture barrier, mm-hmm. I'm longing for the day when we have believers in Wabaku and I can share the deeper struggles about, hey guys, like we left our families, we left our friends mm-hmm. um, so that we could share this message with mm-hmm. you. And I know they'll never quite understand that, but still we can, be, we can be real, first of all, because the language won't be able to just say the right words mm-hmm. so they can understand. But second, when we have that bond in Christ, I think it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing that we'll share that community with some people that are so different than us mm-hmm. and live so far from us. And so I think, yeah, I think being in Wabaku has just taught me that value of community and transparency, vulnerability, all of that. It's it's hard for us to take for granted nowadays because we have to work so hard for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm guessing like with what you guys are doing, part of your mission is to get to know the people that are there and to almost put... Um, the desire to be understood by them kind of on the shelf because they're probably not thinking they're not, they don't feel called to understand you guys, you know, like you guys feel called to go there and try to understand their culture and to be Christ to them. But they don't have that same reciprocal like desire. And so y'all are really like giving up a lot of intimacy with people in general um, in order to love well. And I just, I think it's amazing that they don't even have a word that means love. I mean, you know, like even that is so, um, it's such a, a big part, I think, of the Christianity and really of the gospel. And so to not even be able to talk about that in general. So, man, I you guys' life totally challenges me. I know you guys went there before you had any kids, right? Or did you had one baby when you first went, right? We we had two babies when we moved over there. We had Thatcher. He was night. We had nineteen month old, and then we had a two month old when we first moved over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, man, you're just starting off like all the new family stuff, and now three kids, and um. So anyway, it's so, it's so amazing. And I just want to encourage like, um, any listeners that are hearing Jason and Lincoln's story right now, uh, be sure to keep them in your prayers. If you want to follow them, I will, um, definitely post on my Instagram when I announce this to that it is live, I'll put their handles so that you guys can follow them and just 
maybe keep them in your prayers. And I don't know, um, is there a way that people can keep up with you guys, like that you guys uh, send out updates and stuff like that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we have a website, uh, reachwabaku.com, R-E-A-C-H-W-A-B-U-K-U.com. Mm-hmm. And right on our front page, there's a, we have a newsletter sign up. We send out like an email update every month or two. Um, and that just kind of lets people know what to pray for, a few pictures of what we're doing, and uh, sometimes some stories about people in the village and some interesting things. And yeah, I mean, it's also what my like uh, my grandma reads. So there's pictures of the boys and stuff and the kids. So <laughs> that's all of that wrapped up in one. But they yeah. can find that on our website and sign up for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, part of the reason why I wanted to interview you guys is because I respect you so much. Another reason is because I think that these stories will just really, I think, get into the hearts of the people that listen. And third of all, I would love to be able to be someone who's able to send people your way to pray for you guys and support you in whatever way that they feel like they're capable. So anyway. Thank you so thanks, much. Yeah. yeah, it's an honor to hear you say that. I appreciate it. Yeah. That. So congratulations on your new daughter. Um, I'm going to have such a I'm going to have a really hard time saying her name because I have a niece named Eily. So y'all just Eisley, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm going to have to like, when I, I'm going to have to really think about putting that S there before the Eily, because Eily is my niece, you know? Right. <laughs> but I will, I will do my best. And <laughs> Jason and Lincoln, I want to let, let you know that we're praying for you and I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks, yep. so we love you guys and we mm-hmm. love what you guys do and we believe in you guys so thanks for having us on here you're welcome is there anything that you want to say before we end oh yeah well thanks for listening uh, and for yeah stepping into our little world of wabaku for a little bit today um if anybody ever has questions uh oh, yeah. or often we get kids who are interested in what we want to do feel mm-hmm. free to email us or message us we love to hear uh, if you want, if you want to ask our kids what it's like to grow up in the jungle, sometimes kids like to connect that way. So we're always happy to do that. Right? Yeah. That's so fun. Well, thank you so much for being part of Overcoming Monday today, and we love you guys. Yeah. You thanks. Too. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed today's conversation with our friends Jason and Lakin, missionaries to Papua New Guinea who are literally reaching people in the most unreachable parts of the world. Keep up with their ministry at their website, reachwabuku.com. I'll say it again, reachwabuku.com. Hey, if you've enjoyed this podcast, pray for our ministry. And if you'd like to support all the different things that we do, as well as this podcast, just go to claytonkingministries.com. Your prayers and your gifts are appreciated. We hope we have given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough right here on Overcoming Monday.